I'd like you to turn with me to John chapter 13. John 13, we're headed to verse 36. We're going to see the last few verses here in chapter 13 this morning, verses 36 through 38. As you go there, let me challenge you with this. You know it's true, I think. I think you're going to agree with me on this, that when faced with difficulty and the outcome is uncertain, we often choose to use our own strength to deal with our troubles, don't we? Rather than trusting the Lord for His strength. I hear from some of you at times, and you, I think, can identify with that. It's easy for us to do that, isn't it? For us to go quickly to our own reserves. And when we look at our own reserves, sometimes we say, I can't bear this. I don't think I can do this. But at first we're so bold. (laughs) And we say, maybe not audibly, maybe we don't even hear ourselves, But we say by our actions, I don't need God's strength. I can deal with this. I can do this. And then we get in over our heads, and we find out, in fact, we're weak, and we need God's strength. And though Jesus would suffer far more than his disciples with the weight of our sins on his shoulders when he took our sins to the cross, Though he was the one who deserved to be comforted for what lie ahead of him, what we find in our passage this morning is Jesus comforting the disciples. Because one of them in particular had questions. Maybe he was just voicing the questions no one else was courageous enough to ask. Some of us are like that, right? We've got questions, but we'll let someone else ask them and make the fool of themselves, right? That was Peter. And we see Peter here in the text this morning. As the hour of the crucifixion of Christ neared, Peter was asking questions. In verse 33, we see the cause of the question. We saw it last week. We heard Jesus tell his disciples, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. And now we come to verses 36 through 38 this morning, and we hear Peter asking Jesus, a a question about where he is going. He too would face great difficulty and persecution, and to his own shame, he would choose to depend upon his own strength, Peter, rather than trust the Lord. But let's look at his questions and look at Jesus' answers. Verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now but you will follow him afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. You would think, you would think that after all the time the disciples had spent with Jesus and the many times He had warned them that he would not always be with them. It seems strange that Peter hadn't gotten the message yet. You would think he'd gotten it by now. It seems strange that Peter would ask where Jesus is going and why he cannot come with him. But then again, we aren't much different, are we? We often find ourselves 
asking God to rescue us from trial. God, snatch me out of this. Take this pain away. Take this problem away. All the while trying to deal with the difficulty in our own strength rather than asking for God's grace to endure. How often we're like Peter. You know, many of us, I think, have been followers of Christ for many years. Many of us have heard many sermons preached, maybe many sermons on this passage. We've read many Christian books. We've read much of God's Word, possibly much of God's Word many times. But guess what? When it comes to the practice of obedience, we act as though we have not yet heard the teaching of Christ. Do you ever find yourself there? You know God's Word but yet you find it so hard to obey at times. So when faced with Jesus' words in verse 33, Peter responds with an unbelieving question as if he had not been taught by Jesus himself. It's like he hadn't been listening. Or was it something else? It seems that Peter was thinking he could handle the hardship that lie ahead the hardship that he'd been warned about, it seemed that he thought he could handle it in his own strength. Verse 36 starts this way, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Indirectly, of course, and I think we see it here, Peter is showing his devotion to and love for Christ, his affection for Jesus with this question, where are you going? You're not leaving us yet, are you? Where are you going? It was a question that showed his love for and affection for and devotion to Christ, but sadly, he also shows his lack of understanding, doesn't he? For all that Jesus had taught his disciples, Peter's not understanding. He's not alone. He's just the only one who was willing to speak up, of course, right? So Jesus corrects Peter. Look at the rest of verse 36 again. Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. But Peter doesn't like Jesus' answer, does he? And so in verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? Why can't I go where you're going? I will lay down my life for you. You ever do that? You don't like the answers God gives you? And so you ask more questions. It's a stall tactic, right? Ask more questions. Since he's been corrected, Peter thinks there's got to be something he's lacking that he can supply himself if only he knew what it was. What do you mean I can't go with you? Why can't I follow you now? I'll, listen, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll lay down my life for you. Jesus has corrected Peter, and Peter kind of defends himself here. It's God's strength that Peter will find only in trusting fully in the Lord in the face of persecution. And what he needs doesn't come by trying harder or doing better than before. The strength and the wisdom that Peter needs only comes from trusting that God is in control and God knows best. And that's just where we find ourselves weak at times, isn't it? We forget that God is in control and we think that God doesn't know best. We'd never think like Peter, would we? <laughs> or would we? Ever find yourself resisting when corrected by God's Word? 
we question God or we just keep plugging away in our own strength when faced with a challenge that requires our complete trust, our complete dependence upon God's sovereignty and control and his love for us and his promised care and provision for his own, and yet we resist his ways and we go about our ways. That's what Peter does. Peter confidently resisted the idea of being separated from Christ. Are you leaving now? We need you. Why are you thinking of leaving? In Peter's failure to understand what was going to be required of Christ, in the very near future, he asks questions like, where are you going? Why can't I go with you? But then he goes even further with this powerful statement, amazing statement. When corrected, he says, I'll lay down my life for you. Now we look and we say, what devotion. What devotion on Peter's part. And yes, Peter had devotion, but Peter had also misjudged what would be required of Jesus at his death. What Peter didn't understand was the depths of agony that Jesus would face as he bore the weight of our sin on his shoulders, the sins of millions of people upon his own shoulders. Peter couldn't picture that. He didn't understand the kind of suffering that Jesus was going to face, so he foolishly declares, I'll go with you all the way. Where you go, I'll go. I'll die for you. Why? Why is he so mistaken? Sincere? Yes. Sincerely mistaken? Yes, also. Why? Because he's responding from the flesh. He's thinking about his own strength. He thinks in the comfort of the time with Christ. Christ has finished washing the disciples' feet. They're alone together, the disciples. Judas has now departed. They finished their meal together. Judas has departed. And Peter thinks that in the fellowship of good friends, that he can handle anything. Slightly different. In the dark, when faced with foes, he will retreat. And in his confusion about where Christ is going, Peter misjudged his own weakness. And in doing so, he thought he could bear what Christ must bear. He thought he could handle what only God in the flesh could handle. He was sincere, but sincerely wrong. As one commentator notes, this expression of Peter shows the opinion which we entertain from our very birth, which is that we attribute more to our strength than we ought to do. The consequence is that they who can do nothing venture to attempt everything without imploring the assistance of God. And that's us, isn't it? And that was Peter too. So Jesus responds to Peter's heartfelt yet foolish statement in verse 38. Look at verse 38 again when Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? And then this warning, Truly, truly I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. You need to reassess yourself, Peter. You need to think about the strength that you seem to have. Jesus doesn't argue with Peter. He knows Peter is going to learn the hard way. Oh, the hard way. 
just like many of us seem to learn best, right? The hard way Peter's going to learn. Peter's trusting in the flesh, and it's possible he was even fearing what the other disciples were thinking of him. Remember, Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. They weren't thinking it was Judas. They were thinking Judas had been sent on a mission. Well, he had been sent on a mission, but not the one they were thinking of. And so maybe Peter's thinking, maybe, maybe if I voice my support for Christ and my willingness to die for him, they'll, they'll realize it's not me who's going to betray him. But Jesus knew better than Peter. He would deny Jesus three times. He would, in a way, betray Jesus three times before the night was over. Little did Peter know his own weakness. Little did he understand the depths of his need for dependence upon God. Little did he understand the strength of the Lord and what Jesus would endure for sinners. You see, Peter meant well. But since he was working from the flesh, he didn't have the strength at this point in his walk with Christ to follow through on his good intentions. He didn't have the strength to back up his words. Peter considered himself to be strong enough to go with Jesus into any difficulty, but he he was soon going to learn it was his own strength that was weak. And how weak he was. And how weak we are. Do you see yourself in Peter at all? I think we need to find ourselves in Peter. Often we, we're Peter. We often find ourselves there with Peter. Rather than trusting in the Lord in the face of hardship, we do what? We scurry around and try to solve things in our own strength. We try to solve things with our own ways, with our own brilliant ideas. When all along what we're doing is scheming trying to fix it ourselves. And we soon discover how weak we really are without our dependence on Christ. You see, Peter thought he needed the presence of Christ in bodily form, but what Peter really needed was the strength that only comes by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. He would soon receive that, and then he would truly become courageous for the cause of Christ, Peter would but not until he'd been deeply tried. You know, I wonder if that's where God allows us to go at times. I can see you're not going to learn until you've been deeply tried. You you should put your strength in my strength. You should put your trust in me. You should realize that, that in the depths of your weakness, you are strong because you depend upon me. God looks at us at times and says, I can see you need to be tried. You need to go through the deep and dark waters before you're going to learn to trust me. Jesus knew Peter needed to to, to learn to rely not on his own strength. We hear the same thing from Paul. When we look at 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 and verse 12, we, we hear Paul saying, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Peter needed to rely on the strength of the Lord. Peter needed to trust fully in the Lord. He needed to watch watch his own steps. He needed to watch his own his own courage which was in fact weak without Christ. He needed the Lord and he needed the Lord's watch care and control over all things and for the and for the sake of God's glory. 
and for the good of his children. He needed to watch care of the Lord. So Jesus encourages Peter, and he encourages the disciples, and we're encouraged. This is here for our instruction. Verse 36, what we hear there is actually, I believe, a word of encouragement. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. I think those are comforting words from Jesus. You will follow afterward. I think those are comforting words because of what we see next. When we come to chapter 14, we'll see it likely in our next study. In, in chapter 14, in verses 1 through 3, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. You can't go where I'm going now, but you're going to go later. I'll come and get you. I'll bring you to where I am. What Peter and the other disciples needed was to rest in the Lord and in his promises. They needed to listen to his teaching and take great courage and hope and strength from his sure promises. So that whatever they face, they'd be able to say with Paul in 2 Corinthians in chapter 12 and verse 10, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, Peter was soon going to reach that kind of dependence on the Lord, but he wasn't there yet. How long is it going to take? for us to get there. When we say, when I'm weak, when I'm totally weak, when I realize I have to depend upon the Lord, then I find strength. Then I'm strong. And I'm strong for God's glory. And I'm strong for my good. When I realize how weak and dependent upon God and His goodness I am. When I'm weak, says Paul, when I quit trusting in my own strength and see my greatest abilities as nothing compared to the strength of the Lord, when I trust His strength at work in me to do His commands, then I am strong. When are we to learn? I hear so often. I hear so often. I know. I know what God's Word says, but I'm struggling. Right? I mean, Peter had been with Jesus, had heard Jesus' teaching, so don't feel too badly, right? Because of all people, it seemed like it should have been the disciples who got it. But we struggle. We have God's Word. We have His Spirit as His followers, and yet we still struggle, don't we? Peter would soon reach the kind of dependence upon the Lord that he needed, but he hadn't gained that kind of maturity yet. So Jesus says, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter will mature. He will have gained the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence when God gives it to him. And, and in his dependence on the Lord's steadfast care, he's going to learn that, that true courage comes only when he is truly weak. True courage comes for the follower of Christ when, when you trust in the God's strength. When you rest in the Lord's promises, when you depend upon the provision of the Lord, unless you think 
Because this is the temptation. Lest you think you could never be Peter. I mean, we sometimes look at those who sin and we say, boy, that's a grievous sin. I don't think I could ever do that. Lest you think this couldn't be you, J.C. Ryle gives this challenge when he says, let it be a settled principle in our religion that there is an amount of weakness in all our hearts of which we have no adequate conception and that we never know how far we might fall if we were tempted. We fancy sometimes, like Peter, that there are some things we could not possibly do. We look pitifully upon others who fall and please ourselves in the thought that at any rate we could not have done so. We know nothing at all. The seeds of every sin are latent in our hearts, even when renewed. And they only need occasion or carelessness and the withdrawal of God's grace for a season to put forth an abundant crop. Like Peter, we may think we can do wonders for Christ, and like Peter, we may learn by bitter experience that we have no power and might at all. What I'm suggesting, what I'm suggesting this morning, dear ones, is that we must understand how weak we are. Peter's heart may have been in the right place. Your heart may be in the right place. But it was Jesus who would give his life for Peter. Right? It's Jesus who gave his life for you. Your heart may be in the right place, and you may choose to face your trials with great determination. But until you do, until you come to your trials and, and do what Peter eventually did, and that is yield to the Lord and yield to His promises and, and surrender under His mighty hand of provision and care, until you come and meet your trials with great weakness and dependence upon the Lord, you will know, you will not know what great strength in the Lord is. You will not know the Lord's strength. What you and I must learn is that trusting in our own flesh is weakness. But trusting in the Lord's strength is victory. And that's where we have trouble. We often see it backwards. If I, if I give up my control over the situation, I'm going to lose here somehow. But if I cling to this, if I try to solve this problem myself, I, I just might have victory. Oh, how wrong we are. And how we've got to learn to trust in the Lord and in His promises and in His powerful Word. Charles Spurgeon preached a sermon on 2 Corinthians 12.10, where Paul says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. I like the way he concluded that sermon. I like the way he concludes all of his sermons, in fact. Wish I could say it like he does, but I can't, so I'm going to let him say it. Listen to Spurgeon's words at the close of his sermon when he preaches on Paul's words, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Spurgeon says, When was Christ strongest, but when he was weakest? When did he shake the kingdom of darkness, but when he was nailed to the tree? When did he put away sin for his people, but when his heart was pierced? When did he trample upon death and the old dragon, but when he himself about, was about to die? 
His victory was in the extremity of his weakness, namely in his death. And it must be the same with his trembling church. She has no might. She must suffer. She must be slandered and derided. And so the Lord will triumph through her. The conquering sign is still the cross. Wherefore, brethren, let us be perfectly content to decrease even unto the end that our right royal Lord and King may gloriously increase from day to day. You see, at your strongest, in your own strength, you are weaker than God at his weakest. So yes, for God's glory, let's depend on God's word. Let's take his word personally. And let's depend on God's word. Let's take our trials to the Lord in prayer. You may cry out like Paul did with the thorn in the flesh, God, please take this thorn from me. God, please take this thorn from me. God, please take this thorn from me. You may cry out asking for deliverance from your pain, but you may need to hear God say, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you, as Paul did. So take your trials to the Lord and cry out to Him for deliverance, but if He doesn't rightly deliver, quickly deliver you, then learn to pray for His grace to endure, for His glory and for your good. Let's trust the mighty arm of God. Let's rest under his sheltering wing. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we come before you now in prayer, with our heads bowed, a sign of reverent respect, I pray, God, that that's the true the true picture you see in our hearts, that we have reverently, obediently yielded ourselves to you, to your goodness, yielded ourselves to your mercy and grace, but also to your strength and your provision and your power to work works of great might in the midst of the problems and difficulties and hardships we face as followers of Christ, this side of heaven. Father, we look forward to the day when we'll be with you in heaven and all our tears will be wiped away, our sorrows gone, our pain replaced with great joy. But Father, I pray that while we await your return or while we await the call home, I pray, God, that you would help us to endure in great weakness as we depend upon your strength. Help us to be able to say with great courage and boldness, when I am weak, then I am strong, knowing that we only find strength and dependence upon you, dependence upon and trust in and obedience to your word. Strength as we yield to the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts, activating the word in our lives to obey it. God, give us wisdom for difficult decisions. Give us strength when we face opposition, when we live for Christ and speak for Christ. 
God, give us courage and boldness to live in the face of opposition in this world when many do not honor your name. Lord, help us to honor it. Help us to not, help us to not betray you. Help us to give a very clear witness with our lives and help us to give a very clear witness with our lips as you give us opportunity to share the gospel with our neighbors and coworkers and family members and those we do business with. God, I pray, give us boldness and courage, but not from our strength, from yours and yours alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.